Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. You're, you're expecting for everything it's going to bring, and you, you expect the best, you expect something good, you expect a good outcome. Um, but sometimes everything goes well, right? And that's the sort of faith life we live in, in church. We, we believe for things, and, and they happen. But sometimes we believe for things, and, and we expect life to, to be good, and um, it doesn't turn out that way, right? Sometimes life can le- be a little bit messy. And can I just say, life can be a bit crappy sometimes even. It can be really bad. Life can be bad uh, at times. Uh, so that's what we talk about here today, that we expect good things out of life, but sometimes... The unexpected happens, and life is not good, um, and, and, and what happens then? So that's what we'll talk about today. Um, so we're doing a talk show. Uh, Pastor Lisby, can you, can you come up? Pastor Lisby and I will be hosting the talk show. Let's give Pastor Lisby a hand. That's wonderful. Congrats on Beautiful Minds, by the way. That Thank was you great. so we had a much. Beautiful we had a, minds yesterday. We had a fantastic time. Fantastic time. We had 30 new uh, ladies who hadn't been here before. It's incredible. So thank you for bringing your friends. Yeah. That's awesome. incredible. I'll take a seat, shall I? You yeah, go for it. Them. Yeah. Um, Bye. So we've got three <laughs> amazing people uh, who are willing to, to share something personal uh, today. Um, but I know that these are all specific stories of specific people, right? But we know that life can be tough. And it might not be something that they will talk about. But uh, whether you've gone through uh, a health issue a mental health issue, maybe you've gone through a bankruptcy, a divorce, a broken relationship, an accident, whatever. Uh, this, this, this thing that the unexpected can happen applies to anything, right? So I hope that you can uh, think a little bit broader than just the specific stories that these people are going to mention and, uh, and see how they dealt with it. So, so can we give a, a warm welcome from C3 Almira? We've got a visitor from C3 Almira today in the North Snyder. It's beautiful. Um, our great friend, Michael Connor. Let's show him some love. Michael Connor and the lovely Pastor Monique. <laughs> Hold yourself, Peter. Excellent. Hold yourself In together. In the middle of, you know, two ladies. Sit down. Yep. All right. So this is, uh, is going to be a bit different. To, 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 to let you know, we've not scripted this. So... Um, we're going to just, of course, we've told them that we're going to ask them to share their story. That's what they know. Um, and we're just going to see how it goes. We are. We're gonna, I'm going to introduce each. In the Dutch service, I had this thing in my ear. So I had like four different voices going on. Anyway, it's nice just to hear myself. Um, so let's introduce you, uh, Nanon. So Nanon is a um, beautiful lady from our C3 Almira location. You've been in our church 13 years. Yes, that's right. Married to Paul in 2013. I remember the wedding reception because we were watching Wimbledon at the same time under the table. So naughty. We were. It was the finals. It was a beautiful wedding. Absolutely beautiful. And you were married at 35. And you've got a beautiful picture of you guys. Jamie and Jada and Paul who works at KLM. And... um, you're amazing. You've been faithfully serving in our church, doing so much. You hold down a job at Abian Anro. Um, you're very good at what you do. 
And we're glad to have been able to steal you from our mirror today. Yeah, I love yeah. being here, guys. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> so when we, you know, a lot of people you've known for a long time, so we love you. Monique Jacobs. Yes. Who's, who with Peter is our service pastor here for the Dutch service. And oh my goodness, you have been here 17 years, longer than me. Yes, I almost have gray hair. You have Do gray you hair. No, you don't. <laughs> we don't see it. And uh, this is on your holiday with your beautiful kids, Jose and Rose. And yes. you've been you've been like a Jesus girl since you were four, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You have for a long time. It sounds a little bit. Um, how do you say that? Was Holy. Jesus, was Jesus <laughs> was Jesus your first word? Yes. She came out of the womb going. I did not Jesus. say Mama. I said Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> But you've always had like really big desires to serve in church yeah, and absolutely. work hard and push yourself and you now work in the office as well. You're on staff, you do all the HR stuff, you do heaps of things. Yes. Um, like and uh, you like it. Yes. <laughs> oh, you are awesome. <laughs> um, what about, and, and Mikey, Mikey is, is, um, Mikey is, is very funny. Um, Look at that. What can we say about you? Married yeah, to Nadia, came in here about five years ago. Into church, they came in. I thought, great couple, we're going to keep you. We're just going to keep you. You came from St. Martin's? Yeah, I'm a St. Martiner. St. Yeah. Martiner. Yeah. Um, um, and you, you work really hard. So you, you do a BA in engineering, you're going to go and do a master's, yeah, and you keep the job down. Yeah, basically. And I love my family. You do. <laughs> so I kind of have to keep that down too. <laughs> Your lovely family. This Nadia, a yeah. little miracle. Yeah, beautiful. And you've yeah. been so great in our church. You got stuck into so many different things, production, youth, war production. And he was preaching at Sea to Care. He, he yeah. preached there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me ask you, what was, the last, what was the last movie you saw that was at the cinema? Hmm. That, was, that was... No, just look, the last one. If it wasn't good, we'll just know what your taste's like. So... so <laughs> The last movie I saw, I think, was, was Gemini Man with Will Smith. You know, Will Smith's kind of a... He's one of the good actors. I, ha, I had a pretty high expectations. Got kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Although it was an okay movie, I was expecting more. But yeah, Gemini Man. What, what was the last really good one you saw then? Like, really good. Hmm. We saw one t t together last week. Yeah? Oh, oh. yeah. Um, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. Which one? Downton Abbey. You saw Downton Abbey? Guardians of the... Huh? <laughs> no? Uh -huh. What? <laughs> I would never sit on stage. But <laughs> so, so, so I watched um, Guardians of the Galaxy with, um, at Louis' place. It was oh, awesome. That, yeah, that was a, yeah, it was your home yeah. cinema. Yeah. We had, yeah. Uh, we had almost the whole Warren family as well. Yes, I wasn't yeah. there. Just missed one. I was in England <laughs> doing beautiful minds. It's good. Oh, great. Well, glad you're, you, you've got one of those cinema vouchers that goes on for years that you just go every month. As long as I keep paying, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then it just keeps going on. Good. Glad you keep paying. Yeah. That's good. Other unexpected things will happen to you if you don't pay your bills. Well, it's pretty expensive. Um, <laughs> what's the worst habit you've got? And oh, you have got how one. How do you say that in English? I'm on Slotterfoss. You're messy. Yes, I, I become really messy. So if you want to come and visit me today, I yes, would okay. not recommend that. <laughs> it's uh, like everywhere is mess. Do you only tidy up when people come? I do. That's why I don't invite a lot of people. Should I tell them about your plastic box cupboard? No, right. Anyway. No, shh. <laughs> Moving on. 
So no surprise, su- surprise visits to your house. No, I don't like those. <laughs> no, no, uh, no unexpected visits to the Jakobs house. <laughs> but yeah, you are all family, so you can come. But expect mess. Right. <laughs> expect mess. It's not unexpected anymore. Nanon, if you were, if you, you know, is there any other country that you go and live in if it wasn't this one? Like, would you go? Is there anywhere else you go? Ooh, yeah, I could live there. Well, and wh- and why is it? When I saw the baptism with the Brazilian people, I remember like years ago being in Brazil, and I just ah. loved that country, loved the people. So if God would call me there, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> oh, you said Italy in the oh, first service. Oh, you're making fans. But now yeah. she's trying to impress the Brazilians. I love Brazil. <laughs> you're making friends. <laughs> she's making friends. Well, we just wanted to start it with a bit of fun before we, uh, we hear your stories. Hey, yeah. Do you yeah. have the feeling that you have a little bit of a connection? You, you feel like you know these people, uh, right? Yeah? Cool. Wonderful. Awesome people. Nice. Um, starting with um, uh, Pastor Monique, cause the reason why we're here is obviously not to talk about movie nights and, and all that, but um, we've invited you all to share a little bit of your story um, and to talk about your story, uh, the unexpected that happened. So, so can you please share a little bit of what happened to you? Yeah, so um, I'm loving my life and I'm really active um, and I love to do stuff for God. So I went on a a mission trip to Hungary uh, with Soul Survivor and I had had to lead that team. Um, I was really sad and upset about all the kids that I saw there, so I came back. And then I, um, I'm, I got stuck because my body did not work the way it did before. How old were you here? 16. 16, okay. So um, uh, after a, a lot of time being at home, uh, doing examinations in the hospital, they concluded that I had a heart rhythm disorder. Um, and uh, that was not so nice. So um, I have to... It's, it's something I... I have to manage every day. It's something. It's not. It's not gone yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is still something you you're dealing with. Yeah. You have to deal with. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. We're gonna just go through the uh, through everyone's story, and we'll come together at some point. Yep. Now, Norton, can you maybe share a little bit of what happened to you? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, well, you saw my beautiful family. And my son, Jamie, he's four and a half years old. And when he was born, we found out that he had Down syndrome. Um, well, I had a good pregnancy. Um, yeah, we didn't expect this to happen. So it was, it was quite a shock. We found out that he had Down syndrome. And then we heard there's a lot of things that could be wrong with your child uh, alongside that. So there were different tests. And, uh, well, he had a hole in his heart. We couldn't get the hearing test well, so yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty there when he got, was born. All right, so you had, you had to deal with that, uh, and you didn't expect it, and then you get this whole list of, okay, yeah. this is wrong with your yeah. child. True, yeah. Wow, that's difficult. Um, uh, Mikey, can you maybe share a little bit of, of your story? Yeah, so about three years ago, my wife got pregnant, and... Um, because of a condition that she has, a hereditary condition, she has a HELP syndrome. The child didn't get enough minerals and vitamins that it usually, gets from, usually should get from, from the mother in the womb. So eventually the, the child died in the womb and my wife was forced to give birth to a, to, a, to a stillborn baby. And 
um, you would think that's enough bad news for, for one lifetime. The doctors would then go on to say, because of her syndrome, because of her condition, um, we, we can expect to, give, to experience that about four or five more times before we have, have a living baby. So, I mean, spoiler alert, we do have a living baby. But, however, that wasn't number five or number six. That was number two. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but you lost her at 28 weeks, didn't you? So it was a long time. It was yeah. harder. You were a long time into the pregnancy in that respect. Yeah, so the first month was, was, was all giddy and butterflies. And then she went for the routine checkup, and that's when things kind of started to go downhill. So the process was about, I think it's about three months, three and a half months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the tip of an iceberg right there. Yeah. Yeah. For sharing so the, the, these are all different, different stories of how you expect, you know, a situation or life or a pregnancy to, to go one way. And then you find yourself in a situation where things are a bit different than you expected. How, how, does that, how did that affect you? And um, maybe Monique, you can answer this one first. How did it affect you? What did you feel? What did you have to go through personally when you found out about your issue? For me, um, it was, I needed to um, go to God. I believed God uh, could heal me. So um, I went to a lot of altar calls where I could get uh, a prayer of healing because I saw God do miracles, so I believed he would do it for me also. But um, after a while, when I have done a lot of articles like that. I, I, I really believed it, uh, but it didn't, didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. The prayers did not work. So um, at the end, I, I, I got really frustrated um, with myself because it was a fight like, uh, do I not believe it? Or is the, so the person who is praying not praying with faith because it needs to react? It was all like I was finding the... the, the the problem, yeah. uh, but I could not find it. And then after a while, when I thought, okay, maybe I have to deal with this thing, um, um, I, I, saw, I now see that I, in the three times when I was really out of uh, work life, family life, I could not do anything. Um, uh, it pushed me back into God. So um, it, it were really hard times because I had to sit at home, in my messy home, <laughs> And uh, that was not so nice. I wanted to be in contact with people. I want to, I want to do things. I really love to have a to-do list and then tick, 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 tick. Uh, I, and then I feel like I, I um, mean something. But I think in the time when I go, went through it, uh, it helped me to go back to God and in more in who I am right. and not in what I do. So, so you're, you're basically, or you're, one of the things that you're saying is that you had to really stop and go back to God? How, how, how is it to, uh, at one, uh, on one hand, be frustrated that your issue is not being solved, yeah. that the circumstances are not being yeah. taken away with knowing that you have to go back to God? How is that, how is that tension? Yeah, the tension is really weird because um, my life is church, so I'm doing the, the, the thing with God, but this was really personal. This was like, this is all about me. Um, do I obey a, a, that God is saying, no, you're not on stage. So when Pastor Steve was saying, you cannot go on stage, we have a lot of people who can do it. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm Monique. I can do it. I need to be here on stage. And this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. 
But God is not like, he doesn't want me to do stuff. He wants me to be Monique, being his daughter, and just accept how he created me. With the ups and ends. Yeah. Um, Mike, how, how, is that, how is that for you? Because you find yourself in that situation where you, you get really bad news. And um, how did it affect you? What, how did you deal with that at that point? Yes. So you think, at least I thought, um, you know, I serve and I love God. So you expect things to go, to go well. I mean, and even if things don't, don't go well, you would expect... At least I, I leaned on a promise, uh, what I thought was a promise, that God would just miraculously and divinely intervene in all my difficult situations and circumstances. And he would just come and just change this, break the skies. And yeah. you know what I mean? This baby would just crawl out of the grave. It would be creepy, but it would be, you know, it would be cool. <laughs> so I really, I, I was expecting yeah. something that wasn't, at least I leaned on a promise, on a non-existent promise. So I think for me, um, the challenge there was to realize that God never actually promised yeah. to miraculously and divinely intervene in everything and anything and in all circumstances and situations. However, what he did promise is that you never be alone through those difficult situations and circumstances. And that's, and that's a pretty important discrepancy. That's a, that's, that difference is small, however, extremely important. How, how, did, you, how did you come to that realization? Because that, that is a powerful and a, and a deep yeah. revelation to have. Um, but it, it takes, it's not there out of nothing, right? Yeah. So, so I think, I think um, the question answers itself. It, it was a revelation. So, um, I mean, when I, when I, when I went to the, to the Khamein to, 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 because I had to register her, her death, and this wonderful lady, she was a Christian, and then she quoted uh, Romans 8.28 to me, which said, all things were together for the good of those who love me, call it come to his purpose. I'm like, wow, so my daughter's death is supposed to work. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? So at, at that moment, I did, um, you know, when I went to when I prayed and I, I kind of got into it with God because given I was pretty upset, that's when the revelation hit me. I never gave you that promise, Mike. I mean, yeah. you give yourself that promise. So that's basically, you know, that's, that's your problem. What I did promise that you never be alone. That's right. right. So in, 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 that, yeah. in, that, in that moment I had with him is where the revelation really dropped down and it just hit me, slapped me in the face. Wow. So, yeah, that's what happened. So it's really going to God. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's where it happened. That's where it came. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to really dig deep, don't you? When you go through unexpected stuff at this level, it's a real digging deep. Yeah. Like you can go along in life with God certainly like this, and then you hit the unexpected, and you've got to know your theology. You've got to know what you believe, and you get faced with questions in that, right? But you come out going, no, I know what I believe. I know yeah. who I am. I know who I am and not what I do. Yeah. And I think that what's, that's actually what makes us amazingly... We're complex, but it makes us, I don't know, makes us even enjoy life even more. Because you were saying in the f first service something about the gratitude, weren't you, about finding that place of gratitude. You said something beautiful. Can you share it again? Yeah, that's a good one. I think I forgot. But <laughs> <laughs> you, I was asking you in the first yeah. service, how do you cope with people who don't know what to say to you yeah. when you're in that kind of situation? So, um, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember now. Mm. So, um, um I, express, I try to express gratitude to those, to those people. Um, their intentions are pure. I do believe that. And the prayers, the, the prayers that, they, that, they, that they utter, it comes from a very um, unimportant and profound place. So I am extremely grateful for the, um, for the people that were, that were in my life at the time that, that, that you know, 
pulled me through that, that, that season. And that, you know, those people that, 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 that came to me at that time, they helped me face the reality that this is, this is happening. It sucks, but, but it's happening. Can I, I can say sucks in church. Sure. Okay, I, said, I said crappy. Especially in this service. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but I guess I'll just, I'll just really I'll, dumb. <laughs> I'll stick to crappy. <laughs> So it was it was it was it was pretty it was pretty horrible. So I think I just stayed grateful to to the people yeah. that were around me and to my to my support system because yeah they they're basically the ones that really put put me through that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get back to that later. Maybe Nanon, you can you can share a little bit. You're saying you're faced with bad news, so the doctor is listing all the things that is wrong with Jamie. Or that could be wrong. Oh, that yeah. could be wrong, yeah. yeah. So he's listing all these negative things. Uh, and how did, you, how did you change your mind or change your whole attitude? Because that, I can't even imagine how that goes. <laughs> well, that doesn't ha definitely ha doesn't yeah. happen overnight. So definitely for weeks it felt like you're in a sort of a fog. And at the same time, you really love your child. Eh? I, I'm yeah. crazy about him. And sometimes I went out and then, yeah, it just hits you. So it's just these moments. And I think, yeah, like you also said, God is, in hindsight, God has been there. And that's so important. And he's, I think, he's been forming me. I just had to learn to love my boy, to, to accept this, and to celebrate him. And I think that's, you know, that's a journey. Yeah. Um, but in those first difficult weeks, when Monique was there as my leader, she really encouraged me. Because it felt for us like our life was over. We have a kid who is broken. I didn't know how God looked at him. We had so many questions. And I think when something really unexpected happens, you're just groping in the dark. But then those people are the, yeah, the light points in your life. Church definitely was, our family. Right. And yeah, you're just walking in the dark. But yeah, it's not forever, right? So right. spring comes again. We learn to give it a place. And yeah, we're so grateful for God. And it definitely made... It broke open my heart. Sometimes things break your heart, but it also breaks something open and it makes you wow. more compassionate that's and so live on a yeah. deeper level. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's wow. so true. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. what you're saying about that um, you have all these questions and you're groping in the dark, but you're thankful for all the family and church and people around you. Can you, can you yeah. share maybe a little bit how, how people around you have helped you in yeah. Well, I think I can understand that if this happens to your friend, that you don't always know what to say, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's totally fine. And yeah, Monique was amazing. Also, just some people in a church came up to us, like, just saying, like, one lady said to me, Jamie, he's really meant in your family. And that's something I didn't realize. It was like, is this a mistake or something? Right. So people... Yeah, I think God spoke to them, you know, yeah. through them to us. And I'm so grateful for that. And also just community, even if you don't know what to say, just that people were there. They came right. to visit us, Pastor Philippe, and yeah. so many people. Right. Just being there was great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think um, what, what sometimes, sometimes it's very uh, difficult to reach out to people when they are in in trouble, but I, I, I also see in church that some people uh, don't share their problems or not in the right way or they are not honest because we expect we have to f speak faith to each other yeah. and um, when you say I don't feel like that, I feel like crap, <laughs> like, yeah. I get yeah. to say it like this. <laughs> um, 
Um, it's okay to say that. Even if you're a leader, a group leader or anything, whatever, whatever you do in church, um, let's be honest with each other yeah. because life happens yeah. and things are coming on our way and we, and we have to deal with it. Yeah. And I think our friendships, um, like somebody in the welcome top has said, Peter and Louis, are, are, are they brothers or friends? Um, it's, it's like that. We, we, we are real. And, and yeah. I love the realness in our church, that you can cry. I've yeah. cried with Nanon, and I've cried with them. It's just being real. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And also church to God, towards yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that question, like we, you're saying, you said something, I thought, right, so I think in church life, we can be quite... We know that we respond to everything out of faith or fear. And if people go through crap, yeah, I got to say it. Um, how do you, you feel as a Christian, well, my role is to take them to faith. Yeah. But sometimes we do that really wrongly. We don't do it right. well. Yeah. But, but that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So if I go, like, if I go, and I've gone through a lot of unexpected things, but if I go through, I want someone to take me to faith, but I don't want them to, I want them to be very careful about how they negotiate that with me. Because it's hurting. If there's rejection, if there's, if I've lost someone, I don't, I want to be taken to faith very carefully out of friendship. And so I think we have to be careful, don't we? Yeah. How, how do we, because with all these situations, and I've been involved too, my heart has been, I want to take you to see that your future is going to be great and God yeah. loves you and all those things. But how you do that, you have to be so careful. Giving someone a scripture is the... Oh, like, I don't like that. Uh, oh, I don't... <laughs> I know the Bible. I know what it says. But I don't need <laughs> don't it. Don't give then. someone a scripture. Yeah. yeah. I, love but, how, I love how... In the, oh, sorry. Like I, I'm supposed to be interviewing people, uh, uh, asking questions, but a pastor comes out. Uh, <laughs> I love how in, in, uh, when you read through the Bible, when Jesus heals people, you can always see that he's compassionate. Yeah. So he feels compassion Absolutely. for people. Totally. There's healing that takes place, yeah. but he never immediately says, okay, now go and start a group. Or he never <laughs> says, okay, now go and serve on the greeting team. Yeah, he, he never says like, okay, and now you're going to build a healing ministry because I just healed you. So he never immediately says like the, the big thing, the faith thing. Yes, but it, yeah. no, there's, no. A, there's actually room for healing. There's actually room for compassion. Can I add one more thing? Yeah. I really liked the first time I came, because I just had this notion with God, everything has to be great, right? So I remember the first time we came to church and you said to me with Jamie, and of course it was very difficult, but you said to me, you know what, you can just cry here and it really helped me oh, so good yeah that someone says you're allowed to do that so yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is what it is we are real in church, we are real in yeah. church. and that's i think and that's the unexpected that happens in church when we go come together god yeah. is doing always something so yeah. in the first service people were crying i did not see it yeah. but god is doing something yeah. and i believe well, yeah, yeah. Things will hit us, yeah. but we will stand together and have each other's back yeah. and, and acknowledge yeah. the moment that somebody yeah. is hurting and yeah. just see it and, yeah. and tell it that you see it. Yeah. And that area about trust too, like, and I was thinking a slightly different story that's not, it's more about friendship, but I remember when I was about 30 and Steve and I had a very close friend, a couple, who we thought we were going to do life with. You know, for, for us, that we're godparents, it's life together. We're, 
going to build together. We're going to see this future together. So my future involved them completely, and I never expected that to change. And when circumstances around us smashed into us as two couples and we responded very differently through church, that relationship shattered. And it was so unexpected. It was like with the women I was talking about Beautiful Minds yesterday, that clo- they were in that close circle and they were there for life. And I'd opened up my heart and, I, and, I, and there, was, there was no one to replace that woman in my life. And there was a hole for years. But the unexpectedness of it made me feel rejection for the very first time. And that led me to trust issues. So the whole unexpected, like you, you think someone's going to be in your life. Maybe that's even someone, my nephew died last year in a motorbike accident. That's a different kind of loss. But when you lose someone you thought you were going to do life with and it's unexpected, that's hard because it brings the trust issues. Not, I didn't find them to God. I found them more, can anyone come close to me again like that? Um, and that was a big, that was a, that was a challenge. And then I had to go through the, how do I let God in and know that even though people will hurt me, it will also be people that will heal me. And so I have to let women in again and, and, and allow them to see my heart. That took a while. It doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, that maybe you, like, that's a, it's a different kind of story than you guys have got, but it's, it's very real to me along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um... I have. I always have. I fight with the friendship because I don't want people to hurt me because I know it costs me a lot of emotion and energy. And then I have that heart rhythm thing, so I know it affects a lot of things in my yeah. life. So it's easier for me to uh, let people um, be in the like in a beautiful mind in the outer circle, not in my closed circle. Um, and I really needed to, to, I'm still working on it. It's still, sometimes still people do stupid things. <laughs> but then I know, I know God will, will yeah. God need, need me to trust, trust him. Yeah. And that he will take care of me. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Can I, can I just, before, before you round off to, to everyone, um, can you share maybe a little bit of uh, advice for someone maybe... Maybe someone's here and they're in like a valley, like we say valley as Christians, like a difficult moment. Like maybe someone who's in a depression or in a burnout or in a health issue. What would you say to someone in it or to the people around that person? Um, well, well, I would say um, just, just stay plugged in and, and stay connected. That's great. I know um, as, as an introvert, I have a tendency to, to always retreat into into Mikey time, you know, yeah. to build back up some energy Cave to go at time. it again, but that that's that's a, that's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think mm. isolation is one of the worst um, one of the worst things you can do to a human being. That's if true. we could live alone, I don't think God would make seven billion of us. Um, right. I mean, when you look at a, a very fundamental how, how things work in a community, if, if someone commits a crime. The government has a crude way of just isolating them, yeah. because that's the worst punishment you can do to a human being. You have food, you got water, you got, but you got nobody else. You got that's all you got is yourself. So when you when you're going through a difficult time and you, and you isolate yourself, mm. you're basically just imprisoning yourself, and wow. that's 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 really. That's so true. And I'm talking from experience right now. Yeah. I have a, I have a horrible yet great friend Sipka who who <laughs> who struggles with me that every day, <laughs> but <laughs> it's and I think. When going through those, that valley, 
going through a dark valley alone is a lot scarier than going through it, yeah, going so through that valley with 700 yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. the worst thing to do is to, is to retreat and be alone. That's, I would avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Stay connected, stay plugged in, and find even if it's just one person to talk to. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's, That's awesome. really, really good. That's brilliant advice. What would you, what yeah. would you say? And also, yeah, find your people. Um, sometimes, like for me with Jamie, we just had this yeah, wonderful group of people speaking into our lives, right, similar as you say. And I think what's also important is to be honest with God, right, yes. about your doubts, so about your feelings. Yeah. We don't have to just always say hallelujah. We can just be real, yeah. real with him. And <laughs> so maybe good. he doesn't answer at that moment, but I really believe he will. So just take your time. I know Pastor Lispy is all about journaling. If you're really going through difficult things, yeah, write it down. Give yourself time. That's good. And just, you know, yeah. God has a way out for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That's brilliant. That's so good. Um, I think uh, the, world, the world where we live in is really busy, and, and there's a lot of pressure. People are giving a lot of pressure to each other, like... Oh, I sent a WhatsApp and you did not reply. Why did you not reply? And you get like, whoa. <laughs> the world is like, uh, whoo. You need, to, there's a lot of expectations. Yeah. But the only expectation I think God is having is that you come to him and he will give you rest. So I think uh, we have to go always back to, go back to God. Yeah. Even when life is hard and where, whatever your situation is. Um, when you feel that pressure, or maybe in your pressure in your body, like me, or you feel pressure mentally, go, go back to the place where God can meet you. And I think God will give you rest. He will, absolutely. I love that. I love that. It, it, might, it might be really hard when you're in it, but actually um, what you're basically saying is stay plugged in, come back to people, come back to God. Come back to people, come back to God. And, um, man, that's so, so easy to say and probably so hard to do. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Brilliant. Can we give the talk show a, a big applause? Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for sharing. Cool. We're going to transition a little bit, take away the couches and, and everything. And, uh, and we're going to, before we round off the service and, and do a little bit of worship, um, there's always something we do at the end of a service. So at the end of the service, uh, we always invite people to, to come uh, into a relationship with God, to step into uh, a relationship with God and to step into what we say Christianity, following, following God. Um, and I just thought maybe you're here because of the baptism and you're here visiting, you're a guest. That's brilliant. And I hope you feel welcome. I hope you felt welcome in that talk show. Uh, it was meaningful to you. Uh, and maybe you're here and you're saying, okay, you're talking about a valley, but I'm, I'm not in a valley at all. Life is great. Well, that, that's great. And, and, and I'm very happy for you. And uh, I, I hope it stays that way for a very long time. Um, I, just, I just thought it might be uh, nice for me to share a bit of my story when I came into church. Because this weekend I got baptized 12 years ago. It's 12 years ago that I got baptized. Yeah. Praise God. I'm still here. <laughs> that's a miracle right that's like we can act we can act funny about it but it's actually a miracle following God staying put keeping the faith like the Apostle Paul said at, at the end of the life I finished the race 
And sometimes we can act a little bit funny, like life should always be bigger and better and better and better. And of, of course, that's what we want and that's what we believe for and that, that's what we aim for. But there's value in staying and keeping it and keeping the faith. So it was 12 years ago when I came to, I came to Christ. I came to church. We are church in Amstelveen. I was 17, 18 years old. I had long hair, if you, if you can picture that. I had long hair. I had a big coat. Um, and I, I wasn't... I wasn't following God, so my, my parents are Christians, um, but, but somehow I never really got into church. I never really got into faith when I was young, so uh, I just did the, the normal life that everyone does, right? When you're 17, partying, drinking, drugs, the whole thing, and it was fun. And I wouldn't say, um, uh, in, I, I wouldn't say at that moment in time that I was missing something in life. Like, to be honest, life was actually how I experienced it, life was actually pretty good. I did, I did good at school. I had a job. I had a girlfriend. I was good at sports. Um, I had a good prospect of life. Like I was going to go to university. Like things were working, right? Things were working. But I was always looking for fulfillment in different places. And, and maybe you're hearing you're looking for fulfillment in whatever it is. It might be like in your secret life, you might do something in the dark uh, and find fulfillment there. It might be going out partying with friends. Uh, it might be in maybe even something healthy or something unhealthy. You might f try to find fulfillment in Netflix. Good luck with that. <laughs> but I, I think so many of us were looking for uh, fulfillment. And I was looking for it in the wrong places. And I wouldn't admit that at that point in time but I was looking for women in the wrong places so I came to church I had a girlfriend and she uh, she wanted to go to church I didn't want to go to church but she wanted to go uh, so every uh, Sunday we jumped on on my scooter uh, and uh, we drove to church she on the back I was driving it parked in front of church and the service was already going on because uh, some of you are like that right the band is playing, they've been playing for 15 minutes, then you come into church, you sit in the back. I feel you, I, I, know where you're, I, I know what it's like, I did that for a year. So I sat in the back, after the worship ended, I came into church, and um, yeah, then we always ended the service like this, right, with a preacher, microphone, and you know, you know I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to invite you into a relationship with Christ. I knew what the preacher was going to do he was going to invite people into a relationship with Christ so before he could I left every Sunday uh, I saw the preacher with the microphone that guy came on stage started playing the keys I thought this is my cue I'm out <laughs> so I left um, at some point uh, I was chased a little bit by the youth leader I got plugged in I got some connections but at some point I didn't change my lifestyle a lot but at some point, I was at a youth service. The, the band was playing. We were singing a song of worship. And I just made the decision, you know what? God, if you're a real thing, God, if, if, you, if you're real, like you, can, you can say something now. You can do something now. And I opened up my heart for real. Like I, I actually gave God a shot. Because I went to church. And I had a bit of the attitude of like, okay, if God is real, he can, do, he can do his work. But that was the first moment I actually said, okay, God, if, if you're real, if, if, if you want to do business, okay, I'll open up my heart. And the peace of God, like the grace 
I felt grace, just pure grace, just pure acceptance. I felt peace. And I tried to find peace in all these different things, right? So I, I, I used to uh, smoke weed at, at school, even before I went to school. I tried to find peace in that. And like, it sounds so silly. I'm saying now that back then I would say that my life was perfect, but I was smoking weed 8 a.m. in the morning. That's not okay. But I tried to find fulfillment in those things and going to parties and, you know, in my friends and the things that I did. And here I was in this moment of worship, eyes closed, heart open, and I just felt the peace of God. And I, maybe, maybe you're in a similar situation where you're saying, okay, I, actually life is pretty good. You might have a good job. If for any outward appearances, you might not need God at all, right? That's what most people would say, that you're doing fine. And, and life has been good, pretty good without Him so far. But let me just tell you that when you open up your heart, that there is a peace that you can't find anywhere else. You can't, it's just not available somewhere else. It doesn't exist outside of God. Uh, I, Jesus said this in, in, in John 14. He said, peace, my peace, I give you. Peace, I leave with you. And I do not give as the world gives. There's a peace that Jesus wants to give you. Uh, that you can't find anywhere else it's just simply not available there's there's no peace like Jesus' peace and he wants to leave it with you when you open up your heart he wants to leave his peace with you which is just phenomenal i think and, and maybe you're here and you're you're not in a good place you are in a valley can i just say that that i think that that was really encouraging that talk show i think that was amazing that let me just tell you we're not the type of church who promises that your life will be instantly better solved prepared once you make a a, a decision for christ because to be to be honest even life with christ can can be really difficult uh, we can't tell you that your problem is going to be solved because they might not but what we can promise is that you come into a community of people who love you who are open who, who want to invite you into the life of community and do life with you and travel through it together and and i know for a fact that uh, christianity jesus christianity is the only the only religion literally the only religion where god himself said okay i see that i see that there's something wrong here let me come down and let me come down and go through it myself like the God that I believe in is not a God who's far off. Is not a God who says, okay, you need to fix your life before we can actually do business. He says, okay, let's just do business right now and then see what happens. Like Jesus went through the cross. He went, there was a point where the pressure was so high. Like Pastor Monique was talking a little bit about pressure. Jesus was at a moment in life where the pressure was so high that he sweated blood. I thought I, I had pressure sometimes, but I've never, I've never done that. There's never come blood out of my arms, and I've never sweated blood. I don't know if to have the pressure so large, so huge. And maybe, maybe you're you're in a valley and you feel that pressure. You don't see a way out. Um, sometimes life can feel like a tunnel, 
right? And you know that there's a way in when you go through a, a difficult circumstance. You know that there's a way in and there's a way out as well. But if that's, the tunnel can be quite long. And uh, if the tunnel is long, sometimes you don't see the end. You don't see the end, of the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And you need some people around you to say, okay, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep going. Uh, and let me tell you that you have a community here and you have a God who wants to be the God that stands beside you and says, okay, let's travel together. Let's do this together. So maybe we can all close our eyes right now. Because I believe that there's a peace that God wants to give. There's business that God wants to do. And there's a relationship that God wants to start. So maybe you're here and, and you're one of those people. You're saying, okay, life might not be too bad, but I'm giving this God a shot. I'm just going to open my heart. I'm just going to try this. And, and maybe you're here and you're saying, okay, I'm in that valley and I just got to hold on to something. Let me just tell you that Jesus is closer than you think really closer than you think. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him and today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that He died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus and we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.